Are you interested in cracking the customer code? You've got customers, and we will help you work with them to deliver a great experience to grow your business. I'm Jeannie Walters. And I'm Adam Taport. Join us as we learn from those business leaders who get it. And a few who don't. And together, we'll crack the customer code. Hi there. Welcome to episode number 20 of Crack the Customer Code. Time to get cracking. Today, we're talking about social selling to Generation Z. And Tom Martin will be joining us to talk about digitally powered marketing and sales. And we've got a customer zero story about the dating app Tinder. That (laughs) sounds dangerous, Jeannie. (laughs) Before we get into all that, tell me what's going on at 360 Connects. Well, Adam, we're getting some great feedback from our customer experience webinar series at 360 Connects. Each month, we explore a new topic like leveraging customer feedback or customer journey mapping in a webinar. And you can sign up to learn more. Right now, they're totally free. So sign up at cxwebinar.com. That's cxwebinar.com. And also, if you'd like to reach our listeners by being a show sponsor, you can go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. Now, Jeannie, we've talked a lot about millennials on this podcast, and now we are talking about Generation Z. What (laughs) on earth is that? Yes. Well, clearly, Adam, they're the generation after Generation Y, which are known as the millennials, who are after Generation X, which are known as you and me, a.k.a. the old people. (laughs) Uh, It's getting getting harder and harder to pretend I'm not. In fact, with Generation Z, they're so kind of new in the lexicon that there is no agreement on the name or exact range of birth dates. So some sources start this generation at the mid or late 1990s or the more widely used period stating starting from the mid 2000s to the present day. So we're talking about a pretty wide swath, but we can't even agree about when they start as a generation. (laughs) Well, I, I saw the Brad Pitt movie about this. Oh, jeez. No? <laughs> They're not zombies, if that's They're where zombies. you're going. Okay, I'm going with the Zs, because I like everything Z is zombie nowadays. This is, a, you know, this is the times we live in. <laughs> that's and true. And we've got a future episode, which is going to be on The Walking Dead, but we will talk oh, about that goodness. later. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right, so you like to tell me about social selling. <laughs> <laughs> not that I've never heard of it on my own, but you know, Jeannie, you like to tell me about these things. So talk to me about social selling and Generation Z. Well, like Generation Y, Generation Z really doesn't like to be sold to. And in fact, they completely reject the traditional ways that we all know as marketing and sales. They just reject advertising. They don't like being told buy one, get one free or any of those offers. It just does not work for them. And where they spend their time does not really leverage itself to those traditional ways of doing business anyway, because they're spending their time on Snapchat and Instagram and Vine and all these places where they intersect with each other a lot. But the brands haven't really figured out how to reach out to them until now. And that's what's changing. So what is happening now is some really kind of forward thinking brands are thinking about ways to intersect with this generation by asking the influencers or the superstars of Vine and Instagram and Snapchat and all these ways to work for them. But instead of saying, here's what we want you to say, or here's the ad that we want you to put in your feed or anything like that, they basically give them no rules. They say, okay, you superstar on Instagram have millions of followers because they really like your photos. 
we're going to bring you to Disney and <laughs> you can wander around Disney World and take whatever pictures you want and mention us every so often. And that's it. They're not so, necessarily approving things. It's pretty risky if you ask me. Yeah. So they're literally like getting like 17 year olds that have like 2 million YouTube followers yeah. or 23 year olds or yeah, there's no way that can go badly. It's just no, <laughs> it's not possible. That's going to always work out. Well, you sound like an old man. I'm just going to well, say that. No, but you know what? <laughs> hey, look, some, some brand thought Lindsay Lohan was a great, you know, endorsement. <laughs> so, you know, celebrity endorsements have always had this risk too. I mean, there's an element of risk yeah. whenever you attach your brand to anyone's name. I mean, you look at all the sports scandals, you look at all these types of things. I mean, it's true. Gosh, gosh knows Hollywood. So there's always an element of risk. And here's the thing. You talk about risk and reward. Well, I'm assuming the uh, 17-year-old YouTube star is a lot cheaper than Ashton Kutcher. Uh, it could be, but I don't really know. I mean, they're not they're not releasing those numbers, so I have no way of knowing. But right. some of these kids might be just going on these exotic trips. There was one uh, star that got sent to Bangkok for Marriott. And just took pictures around his trip. So you kind of wonder, Are I, I'm sure you're right, where it might be cheaper for the brand. But there's also huge opportunity for some of these people who are just really good at sharing information with their peers. So there are, there are some high-level brands getting involved. Adidas is involved. Mercedes has done something like this. Marriott. And even Hewlett Packard. I mean, that's like a one of the storied <laughs> American brands. And traditional, I would say. Right. Yes. <laughs> and they actually were quoted in a recent Ad Age article saying that their brief to these people, these influencers, is, quote, you guys have six million followers because of the work you do, not because of the work I tell you to do, quote. Right. So it's like they're basically saying, be yourself. Hopefully you mention us. Here's the opportunity we're giving you. And let's see where this goes. Well, yeah, and you know, I was sort of joking around about it can only go uh, badly if you know you've got these young people. But you know, what's interesting? I've I've followed a lot of these people mm -hmm. and seen what they've built up. You know, these young kids that have that this guy's got a video gaming channel. He's like one of the most popular YouTubers, and you know, they're pretty business minded. I mean, mm -hmm. they may not always be. Um, you know, politically correct or, uh, you know, <laughs> use, you know, sort of, uh, C-suite language. Right. But a lot of them are very business minded and take it very seriously. You yeah. know, it actually becomes a career for them at a certain point. So it's a really smart strategy. These brands like Hewlett Packard and all these mm -hmm. to get into that and to sort of look for those different ways of reaching Generation Z. Well, and I think that's what we're dealing with today. All these different ways of reaching people. Which is why I think our next guest has a lot to say about that. We've got Tom Martin with us. Tom is a no-nonsense, straight-talking 20-year vet of the ad business who favors stiff drinks and good debates. He's all, also author of The Invisible Sale. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you this morning? I'm great. I'm so glad you're here with us. Thank you for making the time. Oh, anything for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so... As you know, I'm a big, big fan of your book, and it's one of the things that I used as a reference when we were starting this podcast, actually. So I'm not sure if you knew that, but... I did not. That's yeah. high praise. Yes, it was it was a, an incredible resource for me because I love how you go into the detail of how these things are not only used uh, from kind of a theory perspective, but very tactical as well. And that was super helpful to me. So I wanted to be sure to thank you for that. And one of the things that we uh, that you discuss in the book, which I think is really valuable, is the self-educating buyer trend, meaning that 
pretty much all of us just Google it when we want to know something. And so it's a very different type of sales process than what people are aware of from traditional sales. How do you think the best brands are responding to this specific trend? I'll be honest with you. I, I think the vast majority of brands are not necessarily responding appropriately to the trend. Um, it was actually just driven home to me as I was waiting for this to start up. I was reading my daily Dilbert calendar. <laughs> it, the little sequence in today's calendar, it's an offline sequence, not an online sequence, but the clerk asked Dilbert, do you mind if I pretend to be helpful while I awkwardly try to upsell you? And Dilbert <laughs> says, yeah, that's great if you don't mind if I think about other things. And the kid says, cool. So how old is your refrigerator? Do you like ice? And you know, Dilbert's thinking, God, I'm glad I don't have your job. Well, that Three, that is today's social selling environment in a nutshell, in a single comic strip, mm-hmm. in that you've got companies telling their sales teams, you got to be on Twitter, you got to be on LinkedIn, you got to be on you know, Facebook or Google or you know, whatever the, uh, the platform du jour is, LinkedIn probably being the most, the common one. And they're telling them, you know, oh, you got to be on this, you got to be using these platforms. And then they're investing in training to basically, you know, it's the very 101 level training of teaching these people how to use the platforms, how to make a good LinkedIn profile, et cetera, et cetera. And, but what's happening then is that salesperson is this awkward little clerk trying to sell in an environment that from its heyday in the get-go was clearly a non-selling environment because all the thought leaders were very anti-selling on social media. And so it that created the culture of social. And so it just creates this huge awkwardness and the sales guys and gals don't know how to do it. And, mm-hmm. and so it's just, it's that's but that's how they're responding. A few of the really smart ones, what they're doing is they're investing in more holistic training. And they're helping the sales teams understand that the way you sell in the social environment, you don't really sell so much as as you seduce. Hmm. And they're helping the marketing teams understand that in addition to creating this litany of, of steps and contents and all the things you hear about in inbound marketing, that you have to create content to power the entire sales process, including the nurturing side of that process, which might be content that frankly isn't for the self-educating buyer. It's not designed to win a Google search or whatever. The really best brands are bringing that all together. They're investing in that more holistic training. They're trying to, to install new habits, if you will, and make it feel comfortable versus simply thinking that you know social selling can be a set of instructions, a manual, if you will, with step one, step two, step three. And I think those companies that do that, those companies that invest in that more holistic approach, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are going to really be successful with this. The ones who are just going and hiring the LinkedIn trainer and, <laughs> and giving people the 30-page PDF deck and saying, here, go forth and prosper – those folks aren't going to do very well. They're going to be people who we delete uh, and, and ignore on social, just like we delete and ignore them in the real world. Well said. Well, that's excellent. Yeah. And if you talk about that, you know, that holistic training you're talking about and the sort of different approach to selling, I know you've mentioned that as far as the invisible sale, you see people trying to close it too early. What's the best way they can avoid that? As my wife always tells our kids when we get in a long car drive or anything like that, you know, pack your patience. And that's what salespeople have to learn to do, pack your patience. And not just salespeople, sales directors, you know, the people up the food chain who 
aren't engaged necessarily in the day-to-day process of building sales pipelines, but are monitoring the building of those pipelines and are really beholden to quotas and numbers and things of that nature. Social selling is, a, a like I said, it's a much more of a process of seduction. You have to be a lot more patient. It's so much easier for the person in a social environment to ignore you. I mean, they could literally block you. <laughs> Twitter and and LinkedIn and Facebook. I mean, they can literally block you. You mm-hmm. know, I I guess I could kind of maybe block your phone, but you could just go get another phone, right? It would it, it's like whack a mole. But in social, you can't just keep going and getting new. I guess you could keep getting new profiles, but boy oh boy, would that be obvious. And so it's really, I think, salespeople have got to learn to be patient. Um, they have to learn that. Um, the, that in social, you're not necessarily trying to close uh, a, a deal today or even tomorrow. You're building foundations and relationships that are going to result in sales that are going to close months, maybe even years later. But when they finally happen, when, they, when that person finally raises a hand and says, I'm in the market, you're going to close more of those sales, so a much higher conversion percentage, and you're going to close them a lot faster. So the the close cycle is going to shrink. So you're going to just become more efficient, and that's really how – that's the power of social selling. It's faster and more efficient, and so you can actually then start closing more business. But it's like a flywheel. you got to spin it up and get it going. So the early days is, is, is some hard lifting. you got to have the patience to get through that. Well, and I love that you brought up LinkedIn because I can't believe the bad pitches I get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. And I'm, you know, they, they make all these assumptions where if they had just looked at my website or read one of my blogs, they would have so much more information about me, but they don't do their homework. So I get pitches for technology that doesn't apply to my company or a lot of cold calling companies, which I think is so funny because they use the inbox on LinkedIn. So- oh my God, <laughs> tell me about it. I get that. Isn't that weird? Me, the guy who wrote <laughs> Invisible Sale. I get that. And they're like, you know, you're, could your company use a sales prospect? Yeah. And blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, hello. Yes. If you even clicked a single link in my resume, you should know, well, he's really probably not the audience for this. <laughs> well, and in a recent blog post that you wrote, I actually laughed out loud because you talked about Mr. Buy My Crap. Oh, man. <laughs> I saw I was having a bad day that day. I think that was one of the days where the weather got kind of bad, and I was just in, and it hit, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my flipping mind. <laughs> <laughs> just going to lose it. And then I, you know, I try not to rant, but I did. Um, well, but yeah, it, that's, that's, but, but see, that's what you get mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. you bring in a LinkedIn, you know, not to diss LinkedIn trainers. There's probably some, some out there that are really good, but that's what happens when a company goes, oh, we need to do social selling. And they bring in some LinkedIn trainer who takes you through 12 steps mm-hmm. and shows you how to use the tools inside LinkedIn. Oh, look at this. You can do this and do that. And here's how to make your profile more searchable and all that stuff. And you've given them the instruction booklet, but you haven't actually taught them how to think about social selling from more the psychology of social selling. And so that's what you get. You get Mr. Buy My Crap, mm-hmm. who can now, instead of I can only call 100 people a day because I can only dial so fast and it takes four or five or six rings before each call rolls to voicemail because Jeannie saw my caller ID and saw that I'm calling from Acme cold calling company. So now all of a sudden I can go into LinkedIn and oh my God, I can hit a thousand people a day with this LinkedIn inbox thing. This is fabulous. And <laughs> I can sell my crap to more people faster who are going to ignore me. Right. Right. Or 
be like snarky me and write a post about it, which I think I, <laughs> I think I did at least black out his name if I remember. I, I, I yeah. did redact that. Just I shouldn't have, but I did. <laughs> well, it could be one of many several thousand people because we oh. get so many of them no i yeah, totally what i need is like i need one of those like animated gifs of all the headshots of all the people who send me that <laughs> and i could just let that roll it'd be like the post oh. of shame wouldn't you, that be funny we should the do like a tumblr oh where God, yeah people could just send them in oh my gosh that would be fantastic it'd be awesome <laughs> it would be awesome we're on to something <laughs> oh man when it comes to linkedin especially but also i I get hit up in Twitter DMs and everything else. I, I wonder if I could just write back and with a link to your book. <laughs> Can you do that? I don't know. I might start doing that because they really need to do that. Maybe I could hire somebody to write like an automated script. Yeah. That could be their fight spam on social selling, fight social selling spam. And it would be like a, a really cool marketing program for my book. That would be awesome. See, we, we solved that on this podcast. I'm so happy. We are fixing the problems of the world, aren't we? <laughs> But it is funny, like I did used to just sort of delete them and kind of giggle and write the occasional rant post. But I've really gotten to the point now where I, I'm literally reporting them as spam, mm-hmm. which I feel bad about, but Yeah, <sighs> it's too much. Sometimes you gotta hit the spam button. Why are you spamming my inbox? <laughs> and they sent it back and said, I'm not spamming your inbox. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Why don't you wrap up for us with telling us what is ahead for social selling and what final advice do you have for those of us living here in the interwebs? My advice would be, you know, get off the interwebs a little bit. Um, social selling works best when it's combined with real world um, relationship building, real world interactions, real world uh, opportunities. And you know, don't just sit behind that computer screen and think that you know that's going to solve all your problems and, and make you the sales champion of the year. Use it as a, in a holistic way that's integrated with your your traditional selling techniques and you know and and use it to help if there there might be times when you need to actually make a cold call and that's okay but use social media to inform yourself to get yourself more um uh, conversant with who that person is and what they're about so that maybe you can actually have a conversation with them that they might want to have versus ignore. So get out of the interwebs and really step back and stop thinking of this as a siloed activity and look at it as just another tool in the tool chest that when properly used can make your sales prospecting far more efficient and far more effective. Well, I love that because it's really about getting to know people. And that's what this is all about. And that's what we preach a lot here about customer experience. You've got to yeah. know your people on all sides. And and I mentioned that, you know, thanks to your book, we uh, it really helped us with this podcast. But I also want to mention that, you know, I really read that and got very inspired to invest more in my own content marketing and the way I was doing things differently. So I'm starting webinars and all sorts of things. So I, I, I do want to thank you for that again, because it's a great book. I think everybody should go out and get it. And if people do want to reach out to you on the internet and do their homework first, <laughs> where can they find you? Best places are, uh, I'm on Twitter all the time, which is at Tom Martin, or uh, I blog at our corporate blog, ConverseDigital.com. 
and there's a you know there's a, obviously a contact form there people can grab me um as you can tell i i love to talk about this stuff it excites me i think it's really uh much more fun than than what i used to do 20 years ago when i started in this business so always happy to talk with people and help them and uh especially any companies looking to you know really get the right kind of training we do a lot of that and and uh welcome those opportunities and thank you so much for all the nice words on the book you're so sweet for all that well i i mean it i don't do that for everybody so <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> thank you so much, Tom, for being here. And, uh, you know, good luck. Keep fighting the good fight for us. I will, <laughs> no, I thanks, will carry Tom. the flag. You're welcome. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Adam, do you have the time? Of course I have the time. It is time for Customer Hero, Customer Zero. Adam, you'll never believe it, but I'm calling out the dating app Tinder as a customer zero, but not necessarily for the reasons you think. Lovely. <laughs> Do you know Tinder? You know, every time I post one of our podcasts, I have to hit a little button that says clean <laughs> or explicit. So let's keep this clean. I, I've heard of Tinder. It's like they like... You look for dates and you swipe something. That's Tell right. me about it. I wouldn't know I'm a married man, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I myself have never used it, of course. But it's basically where singles who, as we've established, it's not you and me, uh, swipe right or left based on if they're interested. And it's essentially a picture on your smartphone. It's, it's an app. Meaning by definition, making snap judgments on potential romantic interests. So let's just start there. That's what the app is that we're talking about. <laughs> okay, good topic. <laughs> and so what are they doing with Hero and Zero? Well, they've received a lot of attention because it became very popular very quickly and sort of lives in the hookup culture that exists today. Hookup culture. <laughs> That's a new one to introduce to our podcast. Well, you know, it's it's the truth. <laughs> And right now, they are rolling out a paid version called Tinder Plus. And the reason I'm calling this out is because, in theory, it sounds okay. They basically have a freemium model. You can get Tinder for free. And if you want Tinder Plus, which has more features, like you can rewind, meaning if you accidentally swipe somebody and you want to see them again, you can actually swipe back and... and uh you know, go back to that person. You can see more profiles. There, there are features that people are willing to pay for. So that all sounds legit, right? I'm so happy I'm old right now. <laughs> sure, that sounds legit. Okay. What I think is really interesting is that they're rolling out these features, but the way they're pricing it is based on age, nothing else. So people under 30 are offered Tinder Plus for $9.99 a month. 30 and over are offered Tinder Plus for $19.99 a month. <laughs> Does that offend you, Jeannie? I think it's ridiculous. It's the same thing. It's the same features. They're offering literally the same service and saying, if you've had one more birthday, you have to pay twice as much. I think that's kind of crazy. Well, you know, that is an actual thing. I'm going to try not to get too wonkish here. That is called discretionary pricing. Oh, jeez. Okay. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, here, but here's the thing. There's a fine line. There's discretionary pricing and there's discriminatory pricing, mm -hmm. which is not legal. Now, we probably need a lawyer here to tell us the difference. But think about it. They, 
if there's a sound reason, I think you can get away with it. For instance, life insurance charges you more right. the older you are, right? right? I mean, there are there are there is discretionary pricing, but what is the lie? What do you think Tinder is trying to say? Is desperation is well, that a uh, legal basis for differentiating? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's you know their argument has been well, there are software programs out there that offer student pricing as opposed to everybody else. Like if you're a professional, you pay more than a student for the same software. So that's the logic that they're presenting. But I mean, let's face it. Do you think they actually have actuaries back there figuring things out? (laughs) I think that they basically are trying to make a statement about, okay, we want as many young people on this app as possible. And we want to, you know, get them in at this lower price point. And then the older people might have more money to burn and they're going to be on here and pay us more. I, I think it's it just strikes me as so odd and such a weird way to treat your customers and people that you actually want to sign up for something that they've had for free. Well, they may have found, you know, that older people are simply willing to the, the older people that use this app, because I guess this is less like a traditional dating site than mm-hmm. like Match or whatever, the eHarmony, all that stuff. This is more of a, you know, pure pure looks, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's say it that way. I don't want to get into all these. Yeah, terms pretty much. Using. Pretty much. Right. So it's really just I like the way you look. Yeah. Right. So possibly the older people that are attract still attracted to that mode and that way of thinking mm-hmm. are willing to pay a premium. Well, and and they may have found that. Maybe, but I think it's going to be really kind of something to watch over the next few months to see if they get any backlash and what happens and. Uh, you know, I'm not joining anytime soon, but <laughs> I think that it's it's going to be really interesting to watch. Now, you know, maybe they know something we don't because when they started the app, I think a lot of people thought it wasn't going in depth enough and it wasn't going to work. And they kind of fit right into that hookup culture that maybe wasn't being served by the traditional dating apps like or sites like eHarmony and Match. So I, I'm just going to watch this one. But right now I would definitely classify them as a customer zero. And since we're being legal, I'll add the disclaimer that I have no affiliation with Tinder or <laughs> <laughs> I need like a disclaimer. We both need one here. Yeah. On we don't know what we're talking about. That yeah, should be our disclaimer. Pri- this is all about pricing and customer experience. Everything else is just on the side. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all righty. Well, thanks so much for listening to episode 20 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Adam Deporek and my website is customersthatstick.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can find out more about me at 360connects.com. All our episodes and show notes are available at crackthecustomercode.com. Please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. And also, you know, we talk all the time about rating our show, but what we really love is comments. We'd like for you to leave a review. Tell us how we're doing, how we can improve, particularly how well we're doing. But anything (laughs) we would love to hear, you can do it on iTunes or Stitcher. And throw in some comments. And please tell someone you know, or post a review, or both. (laughs) We love when people find us. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Редактор субтитров